You're listening to The Private Citizen, a civil liberties podcast. This is episode 154 for Friday, the 19th of May, 2023. The Democratic Delusion. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host. I'm coming to you from Düsseldorf in Germany. And be honest, you thought this was never going to happen again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm back. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Um, I'll, I'll get into uh, my general life circumstances uh, in a second here. Uh, but uh, uh, it's nice to have you on the show. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, today we will talk about something that I kind of came up with. I, I think, I mean, somebody's bound to have come up with this uh, this before. But I honestly think about uh, think of this myself um i didn't um read anything about this on the internet or something um maybe it's just my ignorance but you know maybe i've just reinvented the wheel the wheel the wheel reinvented the wheel um can't speak english anymore apparently um yeah so uh today um we're going to talk about an idea that i've had um you know i've been thinking a lot about uh and, and talking on the show about journalism and science and, and propaganda and uh, politics and all the problems and um, I have this this idea that could explain some of the problems so I'm gonna gonna explain that um, today um, that will be the topic of the show um, but before we get into that let me uh, explain a little bit um, why I haven't released the show for a while so um, I've just been my life's been a mess uh, my, my planning is just all over the place there've been some unfortunate things i mean they're not I'm, I'm i'm doing great don't don't you know don't don't misunderstand this i'm i'm personally doing great i just don't have enough um time to do all the stuff i need slash want to do and then there's been some unfortunate things so uh, after the the previous episode, uh, the previous episode, I went, uh, went traveling. I actually traveled to Hamburg and then on to Copenhagen, um, and then back home. And uh, in this time, I've seen uh, Sabaton, the uh, power metal band, uh, three times. Uh, I, I saw them uh, with my wife and a friend in Hamburg. Um, then I uh, visited some mutual friends, uh, including Mike, uh, who you know, who's been on the show. And uh, we went, and and Jonathan, who's been a uh, a massive supporter of this show, this show from the very beginning, um, and we went to a Sabaton concert together. Um, and then I did all kinds of other things. We also also went bouldering uh, with Jonathan and Halifa for a lot for a lot of times. And yeah, um, and then I traveled back home, and then I saw Sabaton a third time. Uh, this time with my mom. Um, so I've been we we've been wanting to do this for years and uh she got sick we actually had tickets i think in 2018 um or 2019 i might have been i think it was like the, shortly before christmas 2018 i think anyway she got sick could make it to the concert uh then we wanted to go again of course the pandemic hit um so now it was the first concert concert we could make it together and uh it was she she had a she had a blast uh, it was a lot of fun um yeah, so so I was traveling, so I had planned that in, but um, I actually um, after the first Sabaton concert, um, I was actually okay voice wise, uh, but after um, I actually traveled back from Copenhagen the day after the concert, and my voice was wrecked for three or four days. Um, I was singing so loudly, the crowd in Copenhagen was absolutely amazing. It was great fun. They were very nice. Um, 
some guy spilled some coke on my pants, which are like, you know, I'm a Sabaton, I had a Sabaton gig, so they're like camel pants. And, you know, I'm, I'm washing them after the concert anyway. And he was like, oh, totally apologetic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He was like, here, I have a beer. He was carrying some beers. So here, I have a beer. I'm like, no, you're okay, dude. They're for your friends, you know. Don't don't give it, like, it's no it's no problem. Um, we had a blast. Um, I think Mike had a blast as well. Uh yeah, we we just had some some really good times, um, and so I was singing every song very loudly and jumping around, and yeah, I lost my voice. I also got a little bit of a cold, I think, there or something. Anyway, so I I was actually planning to record an episode right after, actually, on this topic, because what I'm talking about today actually occurred to me on on all of the, you know, I was thinking a lot when I'm do that when I'm driving, like like listen to music and and I think a lot. And um, so, so this was one of the topics I actually uh, thought about a lot and came up with basically with this idea during the drive. Uh, but then I couldn't uh, record uh, because of my voice. And then I got I had some stuff I need to do. So, I, so there was like two days where I had to work where I couldn't record. And then I went to the concert with my mom. And once again, I was singing very loudly because this was in Cologne. It was also a really good concert, but the people weren't in it as much as in Copenhagen and especially the guys around us weren't even jumping for the songs and anything so I was singing very loudly um, and and at some point some very tall people very rudely stepped right in front of us um, so I started to sing even louder until they were so annoyed by my bad singing <laughs> that they left um, but after that I didn't have a voice anymore either so it, uh, it just my 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 plans uh, completely collapsed. Um, I also been I've been bouldering a hell of a lot. Um, I've been generally exercising a lot, but I've been you know I've I've started bouldering and I was doing it like once a week. And um, after I went three times in a row, but I I killed myself. I did like some kickboxing training with a friend in ha- in Hamburg, and then three times I was so dead. Like on the drive to Copenhagen, I could nearly not steer because my arms were were so burned out from the kickboxing. And then we went bouldering, and it was just amazing. But I figured I figured out that I can do more than once a week. So now I've been going like two, three times a week. Uh, I've actually signed up to this um, kind of uh, it's called Urban Sports Club. It's like there's lots of gyms and bouldering gyms and all this kind of stuff in there, and you can go like four times a month um, to every like venue for like a price you're paying so i was like i was considering getting membership at my bouldering gym that was close and my wife was like get this own sports club thing um, and then you can go even more and you can go to different gyms and now because i can only go four times a month to one gym it also forces me to travel around and stuff and try other things so i've been really doing gr- great so it's just been eating into my time um and you know i kind of have the work time and then this is kind of you know a little bit free time basically where i'm doing this um show largely and um yeah so i i just i just like i made this pact with myself and i haven't broken it when i started freelancing in 2019 i was like um you need to do more exercise and one of the reasons i actually went and became self-employed is so i could do that i wouldn't have a job and like somebody breathing into my over my neck and i'm being in a having to be in an office or whatever and um I've promised myself that I would never skip sports that I intended to do on a given day um, because I had like I, I had the feeling I had work to do. And I've been doing this consistently, which which has been great. Like I've been I've been like a physical form that I've never been in my entire life. Like um 
so this is really good it's like it's gotten rid of all my back problems because now i've actually got back muscles because i'm like boxing and then climbing and shit so if you don't know what bouldering is but bouldering is by the way that's like um it's like climb, climbing without a rope up to like four and a half meters so there's like a mat in the bottom so if you fall off you fall like on a mat um yeah and it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun it's like um it's like it's a really good workout because it's a full body workout and it's always different because it's kind of like puzzles because the roots change and you have to kind of figure out it's also something for your brain like i hate gyms because like just pumping iron is so boring i have never been able to do that because i just get bored and my brain just goes why are you doing this this is shit like and i can't even like i'm 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 hard pressed to do it even when i'm watching something um and so bouldering has been like a boon to me um Jonathan was actually one of the people who turned me on to it, and I'm really thankful. Um, I think I told him that also in Copenhagen that he did that um, because it's been great. It's also like brain. It's like really good. It's like it's like you have to think well. It's like one of the really few sports uh, that I've tried where you really have to like really use your brain like and do some really creative thinking while you're actually exercising, which is really cool. Um, but anyway, so I've been doing all that, so I'm I'm doing great. I just like I'm just have been dropping episodes because it's just a combination of free time that I don't have because I'm doing things and then just some bad timing like with on the days where I was actually able to carve out some time to record I basically sounded like this I couldn't record a fucking podcast because I've been singing Primo Victoria and Corona's Rex very loudly and I didn't want to put you through that. So, okay. I All that is to say, uh, I'm very thankful for the people who are supporting the show, even when I'm not releasing episodes. Um, thank you very much. It means a lot to me. And um, that's actually the reason I'm always coming back. And I feel like I have to make up um, for lost episodes. I don't think I can make up for lost episodes, you know, do my goal of 52 episodes a year. I, I, I don't think I can catch up anymore. Uh, but I will do my best uh, to do um, that. I think I should be able to, uh, for for a while now, release um, episodes regularly again, at least once a week. But I'm, I'm actually aiming again for two a week. Um, we'll we'll see. Um, I won't promise anything because previous experience has taught me that uh, this just doesn't work. Um, you know, I try and then it just doesn't 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 work but uh be um assured that i'm i'm giving it my best and i've got a stack i literally have a stack of paper here um that of of topics so that's not the problem it's just finding time finding enough time to prepare a proper show and, and do it properly because i also don't want to rush it um and give you the quality you've you've come to expect from the show um so yeah so so that's that's about it i think uh, for that, so I I, I I will give my best. I will I will try, as always, and I, I hope things will improve. Um, there's just one last thing I want to mention. Um, you might notice that uh, this podcast has new album art, um, and the picture I used for that is um, I mean I've I've did like the stylistic kind of glitchy thing. I do do that's kind of the look of the show, but the underlying picture. Um, it's from a shooting that um, Jonathan and Talifa did with me. Um, we kind of improvised it, really. Um, it, it wasn't really planned. And they were like, do you want some portrait shots? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to because I know they're really good photographers. Um, and they do this in there. They have a studio in their living room. 
um, actually they picked the flat by like the largest wall so they could put like the you know the 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 you know the the background there anyway so halifa wanted to break out the smoke machine and i was like yeah smoke machine definitely she's like ah some people really don't like it because it's hard to breathe i'm like no 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 bring on the smoke machine and jonathan was actually vaping as well to make some more smoke so we took some amazing pictures and this is one of them this is actually um one of my favorites uh, of of the set so i used that for the show i've used another one my twitter avatar i'm gonna write a blog post uh, at fab.industries at some point another thing i need to do um uh, well write a blog post I'll, i'm gonna uh, put up my favorite photos from the shoot and, and, and write a little bit about it. But I would like to thank them. Um, and so Jonathan and Halifa um, have a um, Judith um, as her uh, more common name is <laughs> she streams under the name uh, Halifa. Um, they have a, a, you know, they, they, their photography, it's not really a business. I, w I wanted to call it a business, but it's like they, you know, I mean, they earn money with it, but it's not their main job. Um, but they have a site at, at gegenwind.dk. Gegenwind is uh, German and means headwind. Um, so if that's hard uh, for you to, uh, if, you, if you're a native speaker in English and it's hard for you to, uh, to imagine how that is spelled, just go to privatecitizen.press. As usual, all the links in the show notes, everything's in there. And in the very beginning, there's a link to their website. Um, and there's some amazing other pictures they took on there. Um, they're also wedding pro uh, photographers, so if you're in Copenhagen and you need a wedding, professional wedding photographer, I can wholeheartedly recommend them. I can also recommend them for portrait shots because, you know, I mean, I think the picture speaks for itself. We also did some other, where like, I'm like shirtless, and uh, Johnson was like, do you want to have some pictures that you choose? And I was like, yes. And, and then he's like, okay, do some push-ups. <laughs> so the muscles are like, uh, you know, have, you know, enlarged because of blood in them. And then Halifa was like daubing my arms with olive oil. <laughs> we actually have some behind the scenes shots, which are really cool. Anyway, thanks to uh, Jonathan and Judith for um, for this amazing picture. Uh, I think it, uh, it fits the show uh, very well. And with that, let's, without further ado, let's just get into um, what I actually want to talk about today. So after some thinking, I've named this theory I have, the democratic delusion. And um, it is an idea that I have some kind of a, like, might even call it a philosophy, some some um a model a, a thought model that i've developed and um a um to explain why some of the things i've been talking about on the show and i, I put links links in the show notes to the tags if you want to you know listen to some previous episodes or private citizen or press that's where everything is um so i've talked a lot on the show about like how bad journalism has gotten um i've talked a lot about propaganda and how that's become more and more widespread and I've also talked about science and how people don't seem to understand how it works. You know, I did an episode on the scientific method to kind of try to explain how actual scientists work, which is very different from what you hear, like, especially in the media uh, and, you know, like celebrities or like people on the Internet, you know, who uh, continues to say things like believe in the science, which is exactly what you don't do if you follow the scientific method but okay 
Um, so I, I was like, why is that? Why are so many journalists uh, have, why do they have like a, an opinion of um, an idea of how to do their job that goes completely against everything, you know, people for like, I don't know, 200 years have thought how journalism, journalism works. Um, why do a lot of people don't understand, like everybody's like very differential to science, but they don't understand it anymore. Like, why is that? And why is there more and more propaganda? So, so I have an idea. And I think it's because people misunderstand how democracy works in our modern, you know, democratic states. Like I'm assuming you're listening, you're, you're like in the UK or in Germany or in, in the US or in Australia, um, you know, the kind of the countries I know uh, anything uh, substantial about their democratic systems. Like if you're in a country like this, we've now lived for um, like Germany, um, has been a democracy since like 45, 45 46, basically. Um, so that's probably the youngest uh, of them. I mean, Germany has been a democracy before World War II, of course, but like that was kind of an interlude. Didn't last very long. So, so for the let's, let's just imagine um, the the BRD. I actually forgot when it was founded. Um, I'll I'll have to look that up. See, I'm really bad. I'm like a. I learned in in history that lots of um uh even professors uh, don't don't know dates and i have a I had a professor who said you don't, you don't need to learn any dates right you just need to know where to 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 look them up and that's what i'm doing right now so uh but this is this is not very helpful uh, so when was the actual god this is like all where the hell does it Shouldn't I'm like looking on Wikipedia? Shouldn't it say like at the top somewhere where it, when it's found? Like, shouldn't that have like a date? History. I don't want the history. It's like I'm looking up the fed. Oh, it's it's Germany. It's not the Federal Republic, of course. So it's gonna has to go into like the. Oh my God, this take way too long. Um, no, not reunification. Uh, Federal Republic of Germany. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I was completely wrong. Uh. Uh, so 49, yeah, 23rd of May. I was thinking 46, but I was like, I'm forget. I was like, I did so much stuff on like World War Two, like the the time afterwards. I really don't know. Well, I know stuff about, but like, never did it in university. I always forget like the occupied time, you know. Um, yeah, so 49. So it's 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 by far the youngest uh, democracy, but you know. Even considering that we've now lived in, now see, now I can, can't do math. What's 2023 minus 49? How long has this state existed at this point? Oh God, come on, help me out here. 74 years. So let's 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 take Germany. You know, roughly 70 years um, of democracy, of peace, of people embracing this way to run a state and i think they've kind of forgotten and i'm gonna go into this a little bit later but i think a big issue here is actually um education um that people are not learning this stuff at school but before we get into my theory um i think i need to quickly explain what democracy is because everybody's throwing this term around but like the crux of what I'm trying to explain here today is that people don't really understand 
what it actually is like science everybody's like deferential to the idea think it's thinks it's a great idea believes in it um but a lot of people are not very clear on what it actually is and i think uh, language is a is a problem here because i mean the especially in english and this is this is this is seeped into german as well um there there's this stupid i mean it's not stu it's just it's just I mean, there's no wrong language, right? But it's like, it's unspecific. It's very um, vague. Um, there's this term of democratization of something. And by that, we're not talking like, you know, the Americans invading Iraq to democratize it, whatever. We're talking about, you know, at some point I saw an Ikea. So a few years ago, we were in an Ikea and they had like an ad. Um, and it was actually in English. I don't know. Was it actually in Germany? I don't know. But anyway, there was this IKEA in in the IKEA thing. They were advertising like some um, furniture that that was somehow built like with a community of like input from people, you know, from customers, and they called it like the democratization of design. And this 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 term democratization is really, uh, I think, part of the problem because it's that is not a democracy, right? Um, it voting on something is not a democracy that is voting on something right if we are like six people and we meet on a saturday and we're all friends and we like we don't really know where we what we want to do like let's say we want to go out for dinner we really don't want to we don't know where and everybody has different opinions so we go like okay so we have this these three um ideas of where we can go now we're going to vote on it that's not you could call that democratization, but it's not a that's not a democracy. That's voting on something, right? Voting is a huge part of democracy, but it's not the core thing. And especially democracy is, and that is like at the core of what I'm trying to explain today. Democracy is a way to run a state specifically. It's not design. It's not a like. This this kind of thing was I, I noticed this in when I was doing Linux Outlaws like decade almost decades ago now, um, I mean it was it was decades ago now. God, I'm getting old. Oh my God, um, turning forty this year. By the way, uh, this is this is really funny. If you're into into cyberpunk, uh, my my fortieth birthday is on the twentieth of August, uh, twenty twenty three, um, which funnily enough uh, is in cyberpunk law since the eighties. Um, is the date where um, Johnny Silverhand blows up Arasaka HQ with a nuke, the so-called Night City Holocaust. So I think I'm doing a cyberpunk party this year on my birthday. I think there's no other way. <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting old. Um, but um, yeah, so um, that is not democracy. So what is democracy? Um, by the way, if you hear some like... Yeah, that's 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 my neighbor's Harley. Uh, that's definitely not. If you hear that, that's definitely not um, regulation um, <laughs> exhaust pipes. There's lots of low, it's it's getting warm. Uh, it's actually really warm. It's like 10, 20 degrees. It's like lovely weather. The kids are outside, so if you hear noises, I'm not recording this in a proper studio. This is just my desk. So uh, yeah, just uh, bear with me on that. I mean, I've I've got a setup. I've got a microphone. I've got filters and everything. I'm doing this as professionally as I can, but there are limits. Um, anyway, so what I got actually got some paper notes here. So the the, the show notes on privatism the press are actually a bit sparse today, but that's because it's kind of my idea. I came up with while driving. I didn't take these notes while driving, by the way. I wrote this down later. Don't worry. Um, 
So what is democracy? So basically, in, a, in very broad historic terms, um, if you think back to the Middle Ages and, you know, people, states, you know, states existed, they started to exist, and they were always governed, governed um, by kings, basically. I mean, there were some other forms of government, but if you're looking at the Middle Ages, like, largely they're kings, right? And then there's big kings, so-called, like, em em emperors or whatever, you know, but king, king of kings or whatever. Um, but, you know, generally you have kings, you have a nobility, you have a very unjust system where a few people um, govern the land and they um, devil the power and they generally it's generally it's hereditary. Um, I mean, there were different systems, but, you know, I'm painting with a broad brush here, right? Bear with me on this. Um, so you had kings and then, you know, you had the idea that there were... Um, you know, Louis XIV and all of that, that they were, like, directly invested with power from God. Speaking of Sabaton, great, one of my favorite songs uh, from Sabaton on an album of the same name, which is actually my favorite Sabaton album called Carolus Rex, about the Swedish king, uh, Karl, uh, you know, Car Carolus Rex, who, like, in the song, he says, you know, I, I don't listen, um, you know, I don't, oh God, now I have to look, look up the lyrics, haven't I? I should really know them. I've been singing them very loudly, but I can't really uh, do this while I'm talking. So actually, I will have to look them up. But they put it very succinctly. So it's 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 Carolus Rex, who you know, the king who sings the song. Um, you know, I was chosen by heaven. Say my name when you pray to the sky. See Carolus Rex, amazing song. Um, but um, uh, it starts with him saying. Um, all embrace me, it's my time to rule at last. Fifteen years I've been waiting to sit upon my throne. No allegiance, I will swear no oath, crowned by God, not by the church, as my power is divine. This is this idea that, you know, God's, uh, um, kings got their power from God, you know, which, I mean, this is after the Middle Ages, but like, you know, um, kings in in pretty much Renaissance times, uh, ha you know, kind of, this is an idea, you know, the the the, the e ancient Egyptians had as well, you know, the god king and all that. Um, but you know, we're now coming to the 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 Renaissance, um, the Renaissance of it's called the Renaissance because it was the Renaissance of Renaissance of ideas from the classical era, right before the Roman Empire. Um, oh. Yeah, before the Roman Empire, when when Rome was still a republic, you know the the ancient Greece Greeks uh, who came kind of came up with democracy. It looked very different back then, but you know, so this was a renaissance of those ideas, and it all came to a head in the French Revolution. This is why the you know 1789. This is why the French Revolution is such a an important date because that was kind of like the first time, at, at least in Europe, um, where a population went. You know, this whole idea that we're governed by kings and they really have all the power. Um, it's kind of shitty because these kings are really shit. Like they're all inbred um, and they really have dumb ideas and they send us to wars and we all die. So it's it's not a good idea. So that's what the, where the, the French Revolution came in when France turned itself into a republic, which is, you know, there's also, especially in the US, a lot of people, um, I've talked about this on the show before, they, they, they conflate the terms democracy and republic. Um, so the rep a republic is is a way to organize a state, and uh, democracy is a, a way to kind of govern a state. It's more like how the decisions are made, right? By you know voting on something, whatever. That doesn't necessarily 
it's not the same thing, right? You can't really have, so a republic really kind of has to be a democracy because um, a republic contrasts to something like a monarchy, right? Where you have a king. So in a republic, you by definition don't have a king. But, you know, there could be many forms of democ democracy actually being used to govern this republic. Um, and actually the Roman Empire the, or the Roman Republic before the emperor is a good example of that where it wasn't towards the end, uh, especially towards the end, it wasn't really that democratic. It was kind of more like an oligarchy as well. It was like they didn't really have nobles per se, but they were like powerful people who like, you know, you can have like a cabal of powerful people ruling a republic, right? Um, and then often the republic, because of that, will fall, you know, as in Rome become an empire when somebody seizes power and does away with the last vestiges of the people actually having a say, you know. If you don't want to go back that fine history, you could just watch Star Wars, which is what George Lucas, you know, that's all the galactic republic becoming the empire that is basically the fall of the roman empire um but um yeah so 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 in the in the in the, in the with the with the uh, french revolution the people said we're fed up uh we're doing away with the king uh we best thing is we'd kill we'll we'll kill the king you know and, and then um we they set up what what was like the first modern democracy it wasn't really Again, not so much a democracy as it's kind of like, you know, when the US got started in a very similar way, when there was like a revolution against the king, they ousted the king, they made themselves a republic. But in the beginning, it wasn't really so much a democracy. It was just the states governing, right? It was an assembly of the state. And there were actually states that didn't elect their leaders democratically, right? So you could have, you know, somebody for some, you know, in some other way or like not completely democratic it's like it's it's all gray but you know french revolution so so what is democracy so if you boil it down um democracy is a social contract and it basically says so um this thing with with the king some arbitrary guy who inherited a title ruling us really a bad idea so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to replace it with the government by the people for the people and um so in a modern what we when we talk about democracy today what we think about it's it's kind of a social contract between and this is important informed adults and i've talked about this before so for a democracy to work you have to assume that adults can make their own decisions even if you don't like them you can't take that away from them that's why you know censorship is generally outlawed because uh, you have to have people have to be able to express their ideas in a democracy even if you think they're stupid they have to be able to express them. And so they get together, they have this social contract, and they say, what we're doing here is we don't have some arbitrary guy, a dictator or a king or whatever govern us. We put our trust in the majority of the people. And the idea is that, you know, the majority might not always be right. So there might be, you know, I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting my trust in a, in a democracy and I'm voting, and now the, the majority deci decides this. I don't have to necessarily, like sometimes that will go against what I want, or oftentimes. Um, and I don't really have to agree with it, but I have to respect it, right? I have to, a democracy assumes that we're all equal. Like everybody who's voting is equal and everybody's idea has the same weight. And um, kind of the, 
the 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 idea that the majority of people agree with will win out. And the idea is that even if I don't like this particular decision we made today, that in the long run it'll even out, and the majority kind of always tends to be tends to do what is best for everybody. That's the theory. This theory has many flaws. Uh, you know, there's corruption. There's people holding on to power. Um, there's people just being plainly being dumb. Um, but you know, the way the democracy that was pioneered by the French in the French Revolution put some some safeguards in place. For example, it's not a direct democracy like something like you know you would find in 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 switzerland to some degree where 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 you just put an issue before the people everybody votes and then the majority decides on that issue that's not what we do in a representative democracy that's what kind of the democracy you know that we have in the uk in germany uh, in france uh in in the us and what we do is actually we um we 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 don't decide on a per issue basis but rather we we elect representatives that kind of um, represent us right they represent our our general idea so you have like i don't know you know historically you have conservatives you have liberals you have uh, uh progressive people you have left leaning people you have right leaning people maybe you just maybe you're a farmer so you elect somebody who's also a farmer who you think you know that guy is kind of has the same problems as I have, uh, at least when he was still a farmer. Now he's going into the government, but you know he knows where I'm coming from. So, so that is to buffer a little bit that you know people are generally dumb. So I personally, I from studying history and politics, I think that a um, repres- uh, like a direct democracy is a really dumb idea, um, and you can. Um, easily see something like this in um, in a in a decision like Brexit. Like no matter what side of the argument you stand, I, I personally think Brexit was a really dumb idea. Um, but that is kind of like how de- direct democracy has a problem when you when you just put an immediate issue before the people, um, propaganda and just corruption just just increases and just it's much easier to influence people on a certain issue whereas if you have political parties and they stand for something that's how it used to work that's not how it necessarily works these days at least you know in germany it doesn't anymore in the us it certainly doesn't because you only have two parties and it's just like it's 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 very bipolar um but that's kind of kind of the idea right so that's that's what democracy is. It is the populace of a country saying we we form this social contract that says we're all equal. We will um, accept each. We will um, not accept. We will. Um, um, sorry, I need a need a little drink here. My sword's getting dry. I need to think as well. What am I? What am I trying to say? Um, respect. That's the word I was looking for. We will respect. It. We will respect that we are all ad- adults, and that we will respect each other's opinions. We don't have to agree on them. You know, you you put a you have an opinion, and I might think you're an idiot and you're completely stupid. But in a democracy, I have to respect you to a certain extent. I have to respect the idea. I can't just say, "Well, that guy is not allowed to speak. He's a complete idiot." In a democracy, everybody's allowed to speak. No matter how dumb I think they are, 
no matter how dumb I think their ideas are, um, you know, that's why we don't have censorship or shouldn't have. Um, because it's kind of like the idea that given enough information, the dumb ideas will get weeded out. Of course, that doesn't always work. You know, that's how populism always works. You know, you just get um, uh, somebody to, you know, a lot of people to, to agree with you on an idea. It might be a stupid idea, but if enough people agree, you win out. And that's the crux in a democracy, right? Um, in a democracy, you win by getting enough people on your side. And your idea, whatever you're doing, doesn't have to be factual. It doesn't have to be even possible, right? Um, if you say, um, you know, I, I think we are in an energy crisis and all these solutions are idiotic, um, you know, nuclear power plants, we did the wind thing doesn't work. Um, I have this scientific advisor who says, um, we can just, uh, we, we've built this machine where we can just put water in and we get unlimited energy out, right? Completely ridiculous. You know, any anybody who's done physics in high school will be able to tell you, well, that just doesn't work. Uh, you know, there's conservation of energy and, you know, you, you can't just generate energy from nowhere. doesn't matter. If you're in a, in a democracy, if you get enough people to believe your bullshit, it will win out. That's how a democracy works. Um, and that's, you know, I guess, guess of one of the flaws of it, but generally this doesn't work because generally you have a press and the press goes, well, this is a new political party. This guy who says this you just have water and just gets unlimited energy. Well, we asked them, how does it work? Show me your energy. And like they couldn't produce any energy uh you know or they're they're fake that we we figured out how they do it like you know you can you can shoot them down and that's in a in a healthy system it should work that way but in a democracy all that counts is that you get enough people to believe or to be on your side basically that's how it works that's just how it works that's that's one of the um founding principles of it and it's one of the flaws of it but 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 that's it um, now we get a huge problem when people forget, um, when people forget the first part, you know, when they, when they take this democratic principle and then, um, transpose it to other, um, situations, uh, in, in society, because they forget the part that democracy is, um, a social contract between citizens on how to govern a country, right? That's what democracy is. It's a system to elect your leaders. It's that. It's nothing else. It, it's, not, it's not any philosophy you can live your life by. It's not a thing you can structure your company by. It's not a thing you can, you can design something with at, at IKEA. Um, and that actually, that is... There we get into the second part, and I'm going to explain what my theory is here. So, what I call um, the democratic de delusion is an idea that I think, I don't know, somehow I feel it came up with people, you know, like in, in Germany for 70 years, we've been living in a democracy, we we're loving it. It's a much better way to govern a country than having a king who just wakes up one morning and feels bad 
Pakistan has a has has toothache and then goes to war, uh, you know, because of that and just kills millions of people or whatever. Um, it's it's a great system to cover a country, you know. As it's been famously said, it is a shitty system, but it's still better than any other system there is by far. Um, and I think somehow because people have been enjoying it so much when when the country is governed by this they've kind of started to transpose it to civil society right the democracy is not a thing that works in civil it's a, it's it's a way to govern a country it's the government clearly also don't, doesn't work in the military you know the military is not a democratic system it has a chain of command but it also doesn't work in 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 civil society and people should un, like I would have said people should understand that you know in a company you can't run a company, um, but with democratic principles, right? You're not in a company. Company, not everybody's equal. There's people who are other people's managers and bosses and whatever, right? They're not all equal, and they're not sitting together every four years deciding who should run the company. That's not how a company works. Now I would have said that, but I think today there are young people who think that you can run a company like that. Um, which is one of the these delusions. Um, I think most of these appeared because of, I think, substandard um, education. Um, I, I don't know where this comes from because when I went to school, um, you know, in high school, we learned very clearly, uh, both in Germany and in high school in Australia, I did it all over again, um, you know, what democracy is, how it works, that it's a way to govern a country. Um, but somehow I think politics teachers these days must be shit or something. I don't know. I just feel like people are not learning this, right? So so people who grow up to become journalists haven't learned this in school and then they don't know how what democracy really is. You know, they write about it all the time, but they don't really know because they never spend the time to actually research it. You know, read some. You know, if you're not sure, I mean, there's 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 textbooks. Uh, from university or even from school you can read all this shit up in but like they don't do that um and then 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 they have like this vague idea of what democracy is and they think you know there's the democratization of open source design or whatever you know i can remember i think i had rant several times about this on linux outlaws probably drove dan insane uh by going like that's just not democracy like you can't like you you literally can't run an open source project like a democracy. You, you can't because just like a company, it's not a level power. Like the idea of a democracy is that everybody is, is equal. That is the founding idea. Now, if I have an open source project and I'm the maintainer and I have, I have access to the GitHub repository or whatever, I have more power than random guy who just came in the door. Uh, or in in the in the IRC channel or whatever, right? So people are not equal, and when you're not equal, you can't have a democracy. Like literally, when guy, one guy has more power than other people, it falls apart. I mean, we have that in reality. Yes, there is corruption. There's all these things. Things really aren't that equal. But the understanding is like the the basis, the 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 the, the thing we build it all on is that everybody's equal. But you just don't have that in a company. You don't have that in an open source um project. You don't have that anywhere in society. Um but people think that democracy is just a way of like deciding what you do by voting on it or something. And so this 
this delusion is born, like this idea that this democratic system extends beyond government. Um, and that is, I think, extremely dangerous. It's first, first of all, it's extremely dangerous because that means you don't understand what democracy is. So you, you're actually not one of these theoretically informed adults that signs the social contract because you don't even know what you're signing because you don't know what it, how it works. <laughs> that's dangerous. But okay, that's I guess that's been the way... I mean, there's always been people who have voted who don't know what the, what the fuck's going on. So I think that's always been the case. But it's also very dangerous because these people then start thinking in terms of democracy. And, and remember that I've said that um, in a democracy... It doesn't matter if you if you if whatever you're trying to do is based on factual ideas. It is, in fact, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you get enough um, people on your side, which is why propaganda in politics works so well. Because you to win an election, you don't you just have to promise things, and people need to believe you. Um, it's not about facts. Because you're promising something in the future, right? There's no facts involved. If I run for U.S. president and go, um, I'm going to get the boys home, and then I don't do it, um, you know, there's no way before the election to factually say that I can't, right? So you just have to promise things. Now, people take this approach then, and, and they, they apply this. Like, the journalists apply this as if... Um, now journalism is the same way. Journalism is not anymore what what you're writing about. It's not anymore um, determined. Like basically, what is true is not determined anymore by actual facts, by but what by what the majority thinks. And you see this everywhere. And it's 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 clearly obvious in one of my favorite topics. Everybody will eye roll now, but man-made climate change. Um, where one of the continuous arguments you always hear is that so-and-so many percent of scientists agree on something, as if that means anything. It literally doesn't mean nothing, because that doesn't mean they are right. Um, and that, that, that both explains how like journalism goes wrong, because they assume... We're now in a democratic system in in society, and and basically what what is right is not determined by what is actually factually correct, but what the majority of people think, either the majority of the population or the majority of experts or whatever. It also means that they don't understand how science works. And I get even like what's really scary and really dangerous is that from what I've um, personally experienced that a lot of scientists, young scientists that grow up, think that science works this way. They think that, I mean, in a certain way it works that way because, you know, to get a paper published you kind of need to convince people, but the basis of science is getting close to the truth, right? So to facts, as close as you can. So what's determining what you like what the out you you run an experiment right and so 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 to apply the scientific method you have a theory you run an experiment you try to record facts as as best as you can like things that actually happen in this experiment and then um based on that on the the empir empirical data you gathered 
you like prove or disprove your theory, right? So, so your the the validity of your argument is based on empirical data. That's how science works. It literally doesn't matter how many people agree with you. Any scientific breakthrough ever in history has been specifically a breakthrough because previously all the scientists scientists thought the other thing, right? They thought you were wrong. And you, as the scientist who made the breakthrough, you know, you, you had an idea, you ran an experiment, and then you, you, you managed to show that you were right. Now, what people here misunderstand is, yes, you become, this becomes accepted by a majority of scientists agreeing with you. That, but that's just how, like, you know, that's how basically science, everything's politics. That's how politics works, right? That's how people living together works. But your, your argument is not correct because the people agree with you. It's correct because the empirical data says it is and often or like you know you, or your theories just got you know like evolution there's i mean there is empirical data to suggest that evolution is a good is actually how you know darwin's idea of evolution is how it, it works um but but generally it's just nobody has had a better idea to explain the data we have it's not like the data completely because evolution happens on such a time scale that it's kind of hard to get, I mean, you can gather data in support of it, but it's really hard to prove, you know, that, you know, because correlation isn't causation, you know, it's really hard to prove that. Um, but, like, and that's where, like, a lot of scientists now go wrong, I feel, um, especially younger scientists and, like, newer stuff. Like, you know, there's lots of science these days where it's, like, computer models for something. Um and and that's kind of like you're not you're running a simulation. There's no empirical data involved. Literally everything you're doing, you just thought you you made up, right? It's like it's like um, I have the theory that uh, uh, I don't know a, a, a Porsche Cayenne uh, colliding with a forty ton truck, uh, like. Like the the Porsche Cayenne will be more damaged than the forty ton truck. They're both going at a hundred kilometers an hour and they they're colliding frontally, right? And my my scientific theory is the Porsche will be more damaged. Now, I could actually have a Porsche and like remote control it and run it at a hundred kilometers an hour into a remote controlled truck, which would be a hard way to do it. It'll be expensive, but that's the way how you do science. You do a, a, an empirical experiment and then you collect data. Now there's this new kind of way in science where they said, oh, we could just model this in the Unreal Engine and that would be much um, cheaper. And because the Unreal Engine has like a physics model and it's relatively, you know, uh, good, uh, yeah, the outcome will probably be relatively close to what would happen in reality and then they do this and then go yes um the, the porsche is more is more damaged the theory is correct now we're probably coming to the same outcome but that doesn't mean you did good science right because i mean in some cases you just can't run that experiment but the idea to have a computer model that a computer model could sub substitute this in any way is just idiotic that's just like 
I'm sorry if if you listen to this and this you're you're a scientist and you're doing that. I I don't know. You know, I've I've talked to scientists who who do this for a living, and I'm like, how did you? You know, I kind of don't want to really insult them, but like it's to me, it's like mind mind boggling how they even came to um like the field they're in. Like, why did they think that was a good idea? Like, um, so I'm I'm old school. I think. If if you if you can't prove your theory with empirical data, then you just can't prove your theory. Um, I mean, yeah, you can you know you have theoretical astrophysics and you can you, you can you can um, do a lot. I mean, they did a lot before computer models as well. They did a lot just you know people like Hawking and Einstein. They they did a lot of just thinking, you know, basically philosophy. Uh, and they came to some really good conclusions with that. But like, it's, it's kind of different if you're, if you're kind of um, debating whether a black hole is real and that's just like on the other side of the galaxy and will never even affect us ever. Or if you're doing the same thing for something like climate change and you're basically coming to a conclusion that um, like massively influences all of policy and like people's lives in a very real way um to me that's just not that shouldn't fly you know and that's that's one of the problems i think that i think what people are doing is they're transposing this idea that what's important and i mean it is what they're doing in a practical way, kind of makes sense because I mean it works, right? This idea that you just need to get people on your side works. I mean, this is what Bernays says in his book Propaganda, and it's a hundred years old now, um, almost. Um, yes, that's that's where propaganda gets its power, and it is. I mean, it. <laughs> they probably have they have success doing this. But it's it's a very dangerous thing to do, and it's it's not the right thing to do, right? If you're a scientist, that is not how you do science. When you when you're a scientist, your responsibility, ethically, is to find out facts or to get as close to the truth as you possibly can. If you're giving that up for, um, just winning by getting the popular consensus on your side you might be successful but you've kind of you're doing more harm than good the same with journalism journal journalists have this basically journalists and scientists basically on on different levels but they have the same ethics they have the same mindset right there there what they want to do is, in an imperfect universe, get as close to the truth as possible, to the actual facts, to the empirical data. But that's not how journalism works anymore these days. You know, journalists are not finding out what is the actual fact. They're just writing what the majority... They, they actually, I think, and they, they, they're not even cynical about this. I think they believe that what the majority of people thinks is true must be true. And, and and I mean that is, if you think about this on this level, it's almost like mind-boggling, right? Um, 
the fact that, well, the fact that yeah, I did an episode on facts and the problem with problems with it. If you want to get into that, um, but you know, this is why I always stop myself when I say that. But the the question, all right, the question of if there was a moon landing in the 60s and and if NASA actually put a lander on the moon. To get to the truth of the matter, uh, or, or if you say that happened, right? Um, your argument, you, you do not have a good argument if you say, in, in my opinion, um, if you say, well, it's clear that the moon landing happened because a majority of people think that it did, right? That, I mean, that could just mean that a majority of people is wrong. The argument is, I'm pretty sure the moon landing happened because there's a fucking lander on the moon that you can look at with a fucking telescope. Right? You can fucking see it. It's there. How the hell did it get up there if NASA didn't put it up there? Is it an optical illusion? It seems to me there's a fucking lander on the moon. So I think they landed on the moon, right? And and if you say it's a ho hoax that the that that the NASA or whatever put a, the ISS in orbit, well you can fucking see the ISS. You can look at it. It's pretty fast. It's like kind of hard to look at with a telescope, but you know it's you can fucking look at it. Um, so that that is your argument. I mean, you can then debate that. Is that really the ISS? But that should be like that's how your argument should be structured. It should be structured around observable uh, uh, data. You know, stuff empirical data, not well. Uh, pff, I mean, ninety nine percent of people actually agree that the ISS is in orbit, so it's obviously in orbit. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> you know, no, it's it's in orbit because I can fucking see it. Right. This. This. Uh, you know, the, the outcome of this Porsche running into this truck is not determined by how many people, you know, by, by us having the European Song Contrast fucking vote-in thing and, and then deciding, oh, well, of so many million Europeans, 86% uh, think that the, 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 the Porsche is going to be more destroyed than the truck. And that's now true. No, just run the fucking experiment. And yeah, I, I, sometimes you can't run the experiment, but you know, you, I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring the point. I think you know, you know what I mean. And I, I really think that it's like I've been, I was thinking about this, and this was kind of like an epiphany for me. It's like I think that is the problem. I think people are so used to, you know, because politics is everywhere, right? Politics is in your at work. There's politics in your family. There's politics. I mean, I've been saying this, um, you know, I've, I've, since Linux Outlaws times, um, when people very early would say, "Don't talk about politics on the show. Um, we don't want to hear about politics." And I, I was always, I would always say, "Politics is everywhere." You know, I've, some philosopher I think said this. When, when, when more than when, when, when three people gather, you have politics. Two people. That's you know, really, if you just have a relationship husband and wife um that's not politics that's just like two people if it's a monogamous relationship right if you, if you, if you get two wives that's politics <laughs> it literally is 
Um, so, uh, or you have a wife and a girlfriend or whatever. Um, I, under the, I mean, if they know each other, right? Um, <laughs> um, you know, if, if you have a, if you have a place where you, where you come, to, where you get together and you decide things, that's politics. Um, if you have more than, like, if you get a kid, I guess, and the kid's old enough, then, then that's already put, like, three people is politics. Politics is everywhere. And, and I think people in their mind, probably because of shitty teachers in school, have this idea that, yeah, politics, that's democracy, right? And, and that's how we run the country. But, like, because everything's kind of politics, which they don't really, I think most people don't realize, uh, but they have the instinctual feeling because you know if you're in a in a company you instinctually use the the same mechanisms. Actually, we did, I think we did a, a, a um we did an ex like a, a a session on this in university for several weeks um, in 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 politics where like it's basically you can model like in a company how like the same you know there's propaganda is used um, in Germany we call it Flurfunk. Or uh, what would that be in English? Uh, you know, rumors, hearsay. You know, people, people talking amongst each other in the company. It's it's politics. You know, people trying to backstab each other to to get a better job and to kind of, you know, you you have a coworker you really don't like and they kind of try to get them out with dirty means. It's all the same thing that happens when they elect the U.S. president. Basically, you know, when you watch House of Cards or whatever. Like you watch The Office, you watch House House of Cards. It's like the same things going on. So. I think people have this idea because, you know, when you have that, you, you're in a club or you're at work or I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But, like, you have these patterns and you people instinctively, I think, recognize that it's it's politics. Even if they don't know that, they, they kind of instinctively adults realize that it's the same thing. And then I think instinctively they think because... You know, we vote for people, you know, democracy. So they kind of equate politics with democracy, which it isn't. Like, if you understand, you know, my dad was a was a career politician, worked for a long time in his life, worked in a political party. He wasn't um, a candidate, right? He just, he just was one of the, like, basically the managers who run the party. And that's why I know all these things instinctively. I know it how it actually is, like... You know, the inside of a political party has nothing to do with democracy. There's no democracy. I mean, there's voting happening, but it's no democracy. They're not, like, people aren't equal, right? Um, for example, um, you know, how you're, the, the, the candidates in a party, right? The people get elected and they get into, like, parliaments in, in the state or in, in, the, in the federal parliament or whatever, Um you know, they all come together in in the party and they decide things where the party should go. But they're not equal, right? The guy who has the most votes, um, who is most um, valuable to the party because he brings the most voters and he's the most popular guy, has the most power, and has the most decisions uh, decision power and will probably get one of the, the, the top jobs, right? Um, you can't really be secretary of the party if if you're fucking uh like the county you you like your your actually votes are in question if you like it's if you really if it, if it's really not sure that you get elected the next time right um so even in a political party like if you step even like a, a step even within politics if you step out of like how citizens 
uh, elect the government. You're not dealing with democracy. I mean, it's part of the democratic system, but like the 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 um, the mechanisms are not democratic mechanisms anymore. And politicians know this, but I think normal people don't anymore. They kind of equate everything that happens politics with democracy, and so they think that we are now as a society deciding. That's that's how I I feel. You know, when I read the news, um, I think that the majority of people have decided that we're now deciding what is right and and true based on what idea has the most public support, right? Um, I mean, climate change is a bad example because you can't just disprove. Um, well, okay, let's take it. Let's take um, example from from like climate politics that is obviously completely dumb. So in Germany we have the Green Party. I know I need to do an episode on all of this at some point. Um, we have the Green Party, and the Green Party's um, main political goal is um, you know the, the the climate goals that we've we signed with the EU. You know the Paris Climate Accord, climate accord, whatever. And then they want to preserve the environment, and they have decided that the most important thing to stop climate change is to stop greenhouse gas emissions. So their goal, the main, one of their main goals as a party, is to stop CO2 and other greenhouse gases being emitted in the atmosphere. But because of Chernobyl, the Green Party historically always was against nuclear power. And they've spent, since the 80s, you know, since 86 or whatever, they spent a huge amount of energy to get Germany's nuclear power plants shut down. So they now, in the government, they actually now recently shut down Germany's last nuclear power plants, um, which were generating, a, you know, a few years ago, about 25% of the German um, power. And this makes no fucking sense, right? Empirically, even if... So let's assume... They are correct about greenhouse gases. Let's assume climate change is man-made. Let's assume it's as bad as people say it is. Uh, we're all going to die, so we need to stop greenhouse gas em emissions. And that's like true. That's the goal of your party. The last thing you would do at that point is shut down nuclear power plants. They produce no greenhouse gases whatsoever. You'd probably build some. Since they shut them down, they basically replaced those 25% of, of power that Germany was generating with gas and, most importantly, lignite, which comes from across the River Rhine here where I live. You know, just on the other, other side of the Rhine between Düsseldorf and Cologne, there's the Rheinische Braunkohlerevier, you know, where they're basically tearing down those villages and then get lignite out of the earth and then there's huge power plants i can see the smokestacks from here well not the smoke but the smoke from the smokestacks um on on days where the visibility is good enough and i'm in a high enough point you can actually see those the smoke from here actually uh the neighbor who lives uh, where i live uh just a few uh levels above me and has a has a balcony up the top and you can actually see i've, I've, I've been on her balcony in the evening and you can you can see the smoke um so 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 this decision is not based at all on on like facts or such a stupid thing on it, it, i wouldn't even say empirical data but like 
within the framework, within the logical framework of what they're trying to do, shutting nu down nuclear power plants is, is, is one of the most destructive things you can do. Still, they did it. And they got, and they they're generally applauded for it, at least by the voters. So you know that that's how democracy works, right? Um, you just need if, if 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 the majority of people agree that your idea is good, then it's good. And it's it's it 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 is kind of bad enough that you know the whole thing with the worst system of government uh, except for all the others <laughs> so we're stuck with it but like it's um it's bad enough if 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 that's how you how your government works right but now people are just kind of um transposing that to science to, to probably that's just the things i'm thinking of because you know i talk about this on the show but there's probably many other um areas of 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 society where this is happening where people are doing this um i mean off the top of my hand i mean business i mean some people are apparently of the opinion that like you know i mean lots of the stuff you read when when uh when when musk bought twitter about how like he can't do this and it's just not just whatever i mean a lot of the silicon valley tech press apparently was under the impression that uh, a private company or even even a public company works like a democracy right no you have a ceo and the ceo has all the power it's more like a, it's like a monarchy right the ceo can fucking do what they want and even a public company it doesn't work like a democracy i mean they have shareholders and they have to do um what the shareholders do but it's not a democracy like people there again they think it's a democracy but these people aren't equal if you're the shareholder with the most shares, you 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 know the more shares you have, people get together at like these shareholder meetings, and the more fucking shares you have, the more power you have. It's not a level playing field of equals, so it's not a democracy. It's not a democratization of anything. Anyway, that's my theory. I think that's what's happening. And it's, I think it's an unfortunate downside of just us having the system, which works generally well. And, you know, has, you know, when I'm in Germany, I got to say, it's given us like 70 years of peace and, and generally good governance. You know, there have been lots of decisions in the last 70 years where I would say, well, they're shitty decisions. Um, but it has generally worked. But the thing is, it does not work for anything else. Because here's here's the crux of it. Democracy works by everybody going together and having a social contract and saying, this is how things will work. And if everybody keeps the social contracts, they they work because there's no higher power. There's no there's no empirical data involved. There is no, you know, basically that's politics. Like that's the reality of it. It's just a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a social construct, right? There's no underlying uh fabric of the universe that the social contract really has to adhere to it's just like this is how we govern ourselves we we invented something called the government and now we have invented the way of, of governing it it's like it's like astrophysics or even there you have data it's like philosophy right you have no you just just come up with it and then you just do it and as long as everybody adheres to it it works 
but you can't transpose that to a part of your life where there's actually empirical data you have to adhere to, right? It, you can't just, in science, you can't just go, well, the majority of people agree that that's the case, so it's the case. No, right? Photons move at a certain speed. If everybody goes, well, the speed of light is now different, it's not actually fucking different, right? And if everybody agrees that, you know, a, a, a plane will also fly if you turn the, the, the wings around, right? Uh, what was that, be 180 degrees? You know, everybody agrees that it's not going to fly <laughs> because, you know, aerodynamics don't adhere to what people think they should. They adhere to laws, you know, the laws of physics. Can I change the laws of physics, Captain? Um, so that's the problem, right? The people are transposing a, a construct, a social construct they came up with, which works and is great, onto other parts of reality where reality itself kind of conflicts with it. Right? I mean... Yeah, there, there are shades, right? So you could say, <coughs> to some extent, I'm going to have another drink. To some extent, a company is a social construct. So you could come up with the idea of a company uh, that, that runs on democracy. It's kind of like what socialism was, suppo was supposed to be. Um, and that could work, right? The reason for that, like, there's social reason for that not to work. But, like, that's like, yeah, that, that could work. But, like... Um, if you're doing science or if, you, if you're doing like journalism, it just doesn't doesn't work. Anyway, what do you think of this? Do you think this is a completely dumb idea that I just came up with while I was uh, driving too much and probably too tired or something? Or do you think I'm onto something? Or have I not come up with this and you're like, oh, well, this guy... <laughs> Actually, what, you, what you're describing, this, 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 this uh, John Locke came up with in, uh, I don't know when did Locke, I have no idea, like in 1671. It's, uh, this is like, this is called the, uh, the, 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 the whatever theory of, of whatever. I don't know. I maybe, maybe I learned about this in university and in the intervening like decades, my brain just, I just killed too many brain cells with alcohol and now I'm thinking like this is my idea but actually I read it like 25 years ago in a book that, that could all be <laughs> that would be interesting if that's the case please write in I, I, I will not you know I, I will take this with a, <laughs> with, with humility <laughs> and I'll probably laugh about it um, but I, I legit think I came up with this idea <laughs> so I don't know uh, please let me know uh, which, which brings us to the next point here <laughs> that brings us to the feedback section, which is the section where you write in and tell me. Go to Private Citizen of Press and, and tell me what you think about this idea. Uh, like Steve B. Uh, Steve B. wrote in. Uh, this is like two posts he did on the forum that I thought were interesting. One was on uh, episode 153, which is a part, uh, obviously the previous episode, which was on Nord Stream, uh, where I once again reiterated that on the very lowest level of all these series throwing around, it just doesn't make any sense for me that the Russians did it. Um, and, and he says, uh, I, I think if anyone had proof 
that the Russians blew it up, they would be posting it in every location they could think of. The whole narrative has been, quote, those bad Russians. So that would only serve to help them out. And that's, you know, I don't think I articulated that this clearly on the show, which is why I want to bring this up. I think Steve's completely right. Um, you know, I mean, the whole thing has been going from the beginning of the war. It's the, the Russians are bad. Let's all unite against the Russians. And you'd think you could unite all the Germans against the Russians if, if they actually blew up the, the pipeline we, you know, financed. I mean, the Russians financed them too, but uh, we, we put a whole lot of money in there. It was supposed to be like Germany's energy, cheap energy thing for like the future and whatever. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd think you get all the Germans on your side by, by actually um, blaming the Russians for that and, you know, just having proof. But like the fact that that hasn't been publicized, I think, is as Steve says, seems to me like there isn't any proof. Um, and then on episode uh, 152, which was the one previously that was on the Discord leaks and that um, leaker and whistleblowers in general and stuff, uh, he said, um, so this is a bit of a tangent, but I thought this was very interesting. Um, in Canada, the CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and, and Prime Minister were up in arms when Twitter labeled the CBC Twitter account as government-funded media. The Prime Minister completely lost it in an interview over this. The CBC went after Twitter and said that they were not government-funded because they make some money from other sources. Since the CBC, in fact, uh, is in fact mostly funded by the government, you can check their financial reports and see the income for uh, 2022, which apparently Twitter did. And I have a link in the show notes that uh, uh, Steve supplied, uh, I, which Twitter apparently did. I almost spit out my rum uh, when Twitter updated the government-funded tag on the CBC account to 69% government-funded. 69, dude, which is, in fact, 33 would have been much better, <laughs> uh, which is, in f <laughs> ITM, uh, which is, in fact, backed by said report. So when your largest media company is 69% funded by your government, don't expect to see stories in it that go against the government narrative or cast the government in dim light. Uh, good point, actually. Well, they should if they were independent journalists, but like you know, they're just not independent. I mean, it's kind of kind of the same here in Germany. You have this discussion about the what we call the öffentlich-rechtliche Rundfunk, so the uh, public. Oh, geez, actually, I don't know. It's like the pub. It's public broadcasting in Germany. Um, which uh, its defenders say is not government-funded, um, which is largely true. It's not funded by the government. Um, it's it's funded by me and you, well, all the German citizens, because there's some... But, like, it is government-funded because the legal um, uh, basis for that is called the, the Rundfunkstaatsvertrag, which is the Broadcasting State Contract, um, which means um, it's actually a government policy. It's uh, it's it's not strictly a law, but it's policy. So basically, um, every German citizen um, has to pay a license fee. It's kind of like the BBC license fee. Like you're legally required to do that. I or if you don't, the the you know the the, the broadcasting companies are allowed to actually. Um, force you to do it well there's you know there's famously there's lots of limits they kind of they kind of can force you to pay but they because they can't get into your home 
because you know privacy uh they can't really uh if you really don't want to pay it they really have no way because they have to prove that you can actually receive the signal and for that they have to go into your home and for that you have to let them in and for that they have to actually say who they are and if you don't then don't let them in they can't do anything um, i did this for a while as a student and then i became a professional journalist and out of ethics i was like i can't really be a journalist and not adhere to this law which funds a huge part of journalism it's not i don't think this funding is enough i fought with people very publicly on twitter about this who work for public broadcasting i don't think it's a good idea um they always say it's a it, it is a good idea but it's basically the government forcing people to pay for it right and the people who work there, the defenders of this system will say, well, the government isn't forcing people. Uh, to which I say, well, then why don't you just, you know, drop it and make it um, m make it just voluntary, right? Um, and and me and these people know why, because the moment they do this, they, they lose 99% of their funding. And they will fund it. Uh, German public broadcasting is much better funded than the BBC. Uh, it's, the, it's the, I think certainly in Europe, but I think it's the uh, best-funded public broadcasting in the world. Um, they have billions and billions of, of euros uh, every year, and they generally produce a lot of shitty content for that. I mean, the BBC does a lot better with less money. Um, but, you know, so they're government-funded because they're, they're, they're funded under a system where the government enforces that the citizens pay. Right? It's kind of it's kind of saying, it's it's very much like saying the church isn't uh, state funded in Germany, you know, and that we actually have separation between the church and the state, which isn't true because, um, you know, there are laws that, um, so if you uh, are of uh, one of, if, if you're a Christian, like a Protestant or a Catholic, Roman Catholic in Germany, um, by default, um, the, the government will, so we have a system where the, where the, where the tax office, you know, when you get a paycheck every month, the tax office automatically um, subtracts taxes uh, and social um, um, social uh, you know the, the, the stuff that pays for healthcare and that they, they automatically subtract that collect that right and the taxes obviously go to the state but they actually also collect what's it 10% I think church tax um, and that's per default because the government knows what religion you are so if you're if you're Catholic um and you uh, start your first job, and you automatically get that detracted. I mean, you can leave the church and then tell the government, uh, and then they won't stop doing that. So they've never done this for me because I'm not baptized. I'm, 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 a, I'm a heathen. I'm actually fucking heathen. Uh, <laughs> I have no religion, never had, um, uh, you know, uh, officially, and, and of course also uh, personally. But, you know... Um, so so they don't do that. So at least with the church, you can get out of it. With the public broadcasting, there's no way to get out of it. And the, the state's actually not collecting that. But like it's kind of the same framework. So like you know, the church is state-funded in, 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 in Germany because it collects its money with help from the state and like policy from the state. And public broadcasting is the same way. So they're just fucking mincing words. Um, I still think they're relatively... Um, so so the funny thing is, um, while we're at this topic, that I think they're relatively independent still. Um, they do relatively good journalism. 
at the public broadcasting in Germany. I mean, mo most of it is TV, so it's shit per default because doing journalism on TV is 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 uh, is hard under the best of circumstances. It's really not what TV is for, I I believe. I am a print journalist, uh, but you know. Um, but I think that you know the the funny thing is that with the private broadcasting companies, and also you know private print journalism, uh, which is all private um, here in Germany, um, they're not better. <laughs> you know they're just they're as they're they're as uncritical of the government um, as as the public broadcast. It's not like um, you know where we had the last good example of this, which was the pandemic. It's not like the the privately owned. Uh, journalism, um, you know the 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 legacy news media, uh, <laughs> as uh, as it's called in some circles, uh, or Greenwater always calls the corporate news media. And, you know the corporate news media wasn't better, was was more critical of these uh, government initiatives than the, the 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 public broadcasting people. So I think it's more like everybody bring it back to my topic. I think you know it's like influences like my theory that I exposed earlier like that um governing generally journalists or people um i think we i don't think we get rid of the problem that journalists are not critical enough of the government by by abolishing uh public broadcasting i don't think that's the problem i think there are problems with that system but you know i think we have bigger problems i think uh that's not the fight I would choose to fight at the moment. I think uh, journalism across the board is just shit. And and you know you'd think you'd think that like if 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 social um, influence like what I talked about earlier wouldn't exist, you'd think that um, you know pub corporate news media would be very critical of the government. They just wouldn't be critical of certain corporations. Um, but they're not critical of either, and 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 you'd think that 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 state-funded um, broadcasting could would maybe not be as critical of the government, but would be critical of corporations. But they aren't either. <laughs> you know, it's all just it's all the same shit. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, thanks for writing in, um, Steve B. I think that was uh, some good input. Uh, while I, you know, I don't know. Um, I have some different thoughts, but you you definitely uh, inspired this discussion. So I thought, I think that's very important. So thanks for writing in, and everybody else, please follow Steve's um, example and and you know provide some feedback. You can do it on the forum. You can write me an email. Private citizen press is where all the details are. And with that, we get to the end of the show, which is where I um, tell you if you want to support the show, you can do so. Um, there's a link to my Patreon in the show notes. Private citizen press, you don't have to. But if you do, um, you basically, you literally keep the show running. And I appreciate that. You, not basically, you literally keep the show running. And I especially appreciate people doing that in, in times when I'm not releasing episodes. People not pulling their support. Um, I can't say how happy that makes me and how how important that is for what i'm trying to do here so i would like to thank my showrunner sir galteran 
um, Executive Producers, 1i11g, Butterbeans, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizal, and Sandman616. My supervising producers, Avis, Bennett Piater, Dave Ikan, Jackie Plage, Jonathan M. Hitai. Thanks, Jonathan, uh, also for the photo and, you know, for the show notes. Crunkle, Michael Mount Jensen. I'm, I'm making, a, you can't hear this, I'm making a metal, metal sign as I do this, thinking of that amazing gig. Um, Robert Forster and Tobias Weber. Producers Andrew Davidson, Astro C, Cam Captain Ackett, David Potter, Jerk Didi, Fanny Mansour, Florian Pigosh, Joe Poser, Mika, Mr. Ramish, Rick Brack, and RJ Tracy. And associate producers D. Jonathan, Johan Sonin, Kai Sears, Ricky M., Steve Hose, and Vlad. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to you for your support. Um, again, very much appreciated. Um, thank you very much. Um, it, means, it means a lot to me. Unlike Hollywood shows, where uh, the more producers you see in the credits, shows and movies, generally the worse the movie or the show is, uh, this only gets better with more producers. So, um, you know, you don't have to, but if, if you're on the fence of stepping up, it means a lot to me. Um, I also have to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk because they're providing, as a UK cloud hosting company, they're providing the bandwidth and storage for this podcast, and I couldn't do the show without them. So thanks to ByteMark. And all the other details um, about the photo and the show notes, you know, Gigvint and everything is in the show notes. PrivateCitizen.press. Um, I thought it only fitting to end today's episode with uh, La Marseillaise, which is obviously a traditional song, but this version I'm playing uh, was arranged and produced by Pear Kilborg. Per Kilborg sounds like uh, he's from Sweden. Um, and obviously got that via Epidemic Sound where I license uh, my music for the show. Um, except the theme song Acoustic Roots. I license that, license that separately, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play us out with a um, probably the most important song um, when it comes to democracy. And I'll uh, la messe yes, and uh, I'll see you. I'm, I'm, my French is so rusty. I did some French in school, but I don't even, I don't don't even know. Uh, au revoir. I guess is how you say goodbye. See you. Ne see you. Pro hopefully next week. Aim uh, aim to be behave. Au revoir. Très bon. <laughs>